Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 86th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I am Rob. And I'm Anna Marie. And we are going to kick off this episode with a couple new games that we've added to the collection. I'm going to start this one off because this game that <laughs> one of the two games that we um, are going to talk about are going to talk about here uh, is that is a game that we backed in twenty September of 2021. Yeah, it's been a minute, and it arrived here last week, so February of 2024. And did this not arrive at other people's places ages ago? It did because... Oh, we got the one-wave shipping? Yeah, oh. um, yes, there was different shipping methods where you could get the base game separate and then the all the other stuff later, but then you're basically paying twice the, the shipping. shipping so we, yeah. we went for kind of just the one wave, Yes, which all came <laughs> three years later. Yeah. And that is a game that we've been pretty... Well, particularly I have mm-hmm. anyway, been very excited about, and that's ISS Vanguard. Yes. Finally. <laughs> and, Star Trek, right? The Star yeah, Trek board game. Yeah, it's basically Star Trek in a box. And this comes from Awakened Realms. It's designed by mm, quite a few people. <laughs> um, same, there's a bunch of artists on here. They're all um, Polish, I believe. Um, and this, yeah, this game is kind of like how Nemesis is aliens, really. Um, or sort, you know, yeah, it, more or less alien aliens kind of thing going on. Um, this is similar in that this aspect. The IP. Yeah, this is similar in that aspect to this being Star Trek. Yeah. Um, and or Mass Effect. So it does definitely has Mass Effect. Cool. Um, type things going on in this, mm-hmm. but it's more so towards the Star Trek uh, side of things, and a lot of people seem to love it. Yeah. It's got lots of great reviews. Um, it looks great. We bought a whole bunch of other things while while waiting for this game to arrive. <laughs> we'd been purchasing play mats and uh, there's like uh, deck box holder things <laughs> and a dice tower thing. Wooden so a thing bunch of unnecessary things. Yeah. I just kept seeing them pop cool up. Cool looking things. Yeah. At, at the, the local store here. And, and we kept... Uh, I just kept grabbing everything that kind of popped up for this. And um, so now we have a huge stack of ISS Vanguard to play. I'm really excited about that one. And hoping that stuff's not already in our purchase. No, it's not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No. no. What our purchase was, was just the base game with the stretch goals. And I think I had one add on, but which isn't any of the things we got. These things that we've been buying. Yeah, (laughs) that's okay. Yeah, I'm excited for ISS Vanguard. I think it's going to be great. Just as, you know, everything that comes from Awakened Realms is so good. So So I think this will be uh, a home run. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What about you? What do you have over there? All right. I have Dorf Romantic, the board game. Mm -hmm. And uh, designed by Michael Palm and Lucas Zack, art by Paul Reeb, and published by Pegasus Spiel. Yeah, I don't know anything about this game. I know it's popular. <laughs> a lot of people really like it. Yeah, this one, it started out, it's adapted from a from a video game, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was a video game that... Like a Nintendo Switch game or... I don't know. I huh. didn't, I had never played it. I don't play video oh, games no, very much. Oh, no, this is the game uh, that Scott... Yes. Right. So Scott um, was over and was telling us about it and he talked about it on the podcast about his recently played right and um yeah i thought it sounded really fun him and his uh one of his kids play it together 
And uh, I was just looking on uh, at the BGG page. It says on the guess on the box, it's age is eight plus, but community says six plus. So I think this would be really? a great game, a great family game. It's cooperative as well, so it'll be mm. good for our youngest. That would be very good for Loves, our youngest. Uh, yeah. lo- likes the work he together like games. Doesn't like to really play anything competitive. Co- uh, kind of competitively, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's cooperative, uh, but yes, yet it's got like influence, and it's a. Uh, I want to say like a legacy game, but it's where you can, they have, um, not necessarily legacy, but you can unlock things, okay. um, as far as you go when like upgrades like, and things are there like envelopes that. Envelopes and things. In yeah. There? There's really? some, yeah. Oh. And, but, um, like resealable envelopes. Or I don't know. Work? I don't know if they're resealable. It's new tiles. I think you can unlock new tiles. Hmm. So I don't think you would really put them back They're more. It's more just once you amass, I think a certain anou- a number of points, um, what's the what's the theme of the game? So, uh, rippling rivers, rustling forests, wheat fields swaying in the wind, and here and there a cute little village. That's Dorf Romantic. So, so Dorf Romantic is the name of a town. I don't know if it's the name of a town or a landscape or whatever oh. it is, but it's um, up to six players work together to lay hexagonal tiles to create a beautiful landscape and try to fulfill the orders of the population while at the same time laying as long a track and as long a river as possible. Um, so. Okay. You're, yeah, you're also, you know, making sure you're getting points and the, the better you manage to do it, the more points you get. Um, it's a re- re- replayable campaign. Really? That's what hmm. it is. Yeah. And so um, initially you'll have some hidden, um, hidden locked boxes. So I don't think you would change that if you were replaying the campaign. I think you would just keep them out. But um, yeah, they just give di- additional tasks and make it possible to raise the score higher. Right. So... It yeah, it looks fun, and I I mean Scott says it's, he had he's had a lot of fun with it, and yeah, I thought it looked good. It's cute, nice little hex uh, yeah. hex laying game, and we'll have to get to that soon. Yeah, it was that... a Spiel des Jahres winner in twenty twenty three. Was it? Hmm. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, we definitely have to. Uh, yeah. Take a look at that one sooner rather than later. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good news. Um. So I think that's gonna be it for the new to the collection segment because we have two reviews to do so we are going to head on over and do our first review right now Alrighty then, here we are at our second segment of the episode where we are going to do the first of two Meeple Dungeon reviews. And what are we reviewing first, Anna-Marie? First, we are reviewing Sky Team, designed by Luc Raymond, art by Eric Hibbler and Adrian Reeve, and published by Scorpio Masquet. Yeah, Sky Team. This is one that we were really excited about. Yeah. Um, heard, what a cool theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We'd heard lots of good things about this one. We tried to get this one in um, at the end of 2023. It just did not happen. No. So um, what is Sky Team? Want it... me to read it? Sure. Go ahead. They have actually a nice succinct okay. one here. So. In this cooperative game, you play a team of pilots charged with landing your commercial airliner at airports all over the world. But landing an airplane is not as easy as you might think. You'll need to communicate with the control tower to make sure your approach is free of air traffic, adjust your speed to not overshoot the airport, level your plane in order to land square with the ground, 
deploy your flaps to increase lift and allow you to descend more steeply, deploy your landing gear to ensure a safe landing, and finally, engage the brakes to slow the plane once you've landed. Cooperation and nerves of steel are all it takes to succeed. I will add also, you need coffee. Yep. <laughs> they forgot coffee. You definitely do. This, so that's it, yeah. Yeah, so you are simulating landing a plane in this game. And it is a solely two-player yes. game. I suppose you could play this solo if you wanted to and just do both sides. No, that no wouldn't really you couldn't work. do it the solo. Dice thing that would, would be, be a cheater, cheater, pumpkin yeah, way to so do it. Yeah, so this, yeah, the, the way this one works is, is kind of um, weird. This is a dice placement game. Yeah. One of you is going to be representing the pilot. And you're going to be using the blue die on the left-hand side of the board. And the other person will be the co-pilot using, using the, orange, the orange die on the right side of the board. And this is the main board. is just a small little, probably about 10 by 8 inch little square uh, box or well, board. But it's, it's a dual layered board with a whole bunch of slots where you can put your die. Oh, I was going to say it's, it's a rectangle. You got 10 yeah. by 10 by 8 wouldn't yeah, be a square. Did I say square? No, <laughs> yeah. it is a rectangle. Yeah, it's a rectangle. Um, and it's uh, it does have these little spots for you to be placing your die. And what is going to happen here is you, on the one side of the board, um, is are certain colored spots where only the blue die can go. And on the other side is where the orange die can, can go. So only... We, as we're doing these different roles, we can only place die in certain places. I can't do your duties. You can't do my duties. <laughs> um, the way it works is to begin the game, you're going to pick a destination you want to fly to. Um, and the beginning one, the actually first uh, scenario in this game is a flight to Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. And um, because this is a French Canadian yes. <laughs> uh, company, Scorpio Masque. So that makes sense. Um, and what you do is you grab the card that represents that. And it's a long, thin card that's going to show you kind of the different legs of your journey. Um, and it's going to be laid out in several pictures, almost like you would picture um, like old film back in the day um, where it had like a picture and a picture and a picture. Just different frames. Almost. Frames. Yeah. The, all these different frames from mm -hmm. top to bottom. And it's a long, thin uh, piece of card really yeah. with all these different frames on it and each frame representing a different leg of your journey and you're going to stick that in at the top of the board kind of like with the uh, uh the, just the first frame uh, or all the frames exposed yeah. and I, as you go i'm going to interrupt and just say this the board the rectangular board is really cool um you build it by sticking it together so they've added these little like sticky yeah, things so you're, sticky thing, you're yeah. folding it over so it's dual layer mm -hmm. and they've got two little rectangles at the top that are cut out and these um the cards the for... cards are, are like slotted into each of those spots yeah. so you've got a card for the uh one le for the leg of legs of your journey and then the another card with your different altitudes yeah and you're always going to use the altitude card and you're going to use it on either one side or the other it's dual sided mm -hmm. for like difficulty levels um, but you're going to pick your side and then, yeah, you're going to load that one in on the right-hand side of the board. And you're going to load in your journey card on the other side with uh, everything exposed. Yeah. Um, and with your uh, kind of first leg of the journey picture kind of sitting in the top left corner. And then as you move through the game, this is the card's going to slowly slide in behind. Showing your progression through your flight. Yeah. 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 And it's on that card, it's going to kind of tell you 
uh, what you need to deal with in each of those legs of the journey. Um, starting with basically where you take off and then ending at the airport at yeah. the end. And a whole bunch of things in between, including little symbols that are going to be on this. Yeah, the main one, like when you're starting early on, is going to be an airplane. And that's yeah. just going to, you're seeding out airplanes onto your flight path, basically saying mm-hmm. that, you know, during the game, you're going to have to get rid of those airplanes or you're going to end up crashing into them. Yeah, basically it's communicating with those planes Um it's what it's simulating that you're yeah. going to need to communicate with those planes or else you're going to end up colliding in midair um, yeah. and whatnot. Um, and then there's going to be some uh, other things on there telling you that you need at this part of the journey, you need to turn left or right. Um, there's going to be some die you need to roll to maybe add more planes to the, to the journey, so forth. Um, but then the board itself is kind of split kind of in half when mm-hmm. it's in the middle of the board at the top is your axis um, on w- whether the plane is level or not. Yeah, how it's tilting. If yeah. it's straight or if it's going If you're turning right, or left, yeah. t- turning one way or the other. Um, and that's going to be controllable by both of us. Um, and what you're going to do with that part of the board is through the game, you're going to roll four die. And you're going to have four so die four dice that you're rolling. per turn yeah. To use on these different action spots. So one of the action spots is the ac- the axis. I will say they're hidden. So the pilot's yeah. gonna roll the blue dice behind their little screen, and the co-pilot's gonna roll the orange dice behind their screen. Mm-hmm. And you can't talk about what yeah. you're gonna do with them or what your uh, what your you have to do the values what you are. Think is the best thing yes. to be doing with your die, but yeah, you can't talk about it. Um, I mean, you can talk about it before you roll, but yes. once you've rolled those dice and you put them behind your screen, you kind of have to just go quietly and, and yeah. start assigning die to these different parts of the aircraft to do the things that you need to do. And the one main part is keeping the plane level. And the way that works is if Anna Marie were to play, say, a three on her side of that uh, axis, uh, there's a different the word I'm well, looking for. It's all right. But um, what is that I'm looking for? It is the axis. Yeah, I guess That's so. exactly. It's well, you're trying exactly to keep it, it keep the plane horizontal. If she was to play a three on her side, sometime in my round, I'm going to have to play a die there. There's there's four spots on the board that must have die played on them, on Anna Marie's side and my side of the axis, and Anna Marie's side and my side of the engines. engines. Other than that, you can kind of use your other two die to flip different switches and do all sorts of things. But if she were to play a three on her side. And I were to play a four on my side. The plane would be tilting in your direction. Yeah. And then you would literally spin the little um, dial to show that the plane now is, is, uh, it, the dial the looks right. almost like a compass. Well, right? yeah. it is right. Like kind of showing it, That's just to give a, a visual almost. Yeah. But, it's, um, it's what you've seen in the movies and all that, you yeah. know, with the plane turning left and right. It, it's yeah. really like, it's a cool little uh, it is component. Cool. Yeah. And you'd spin that thing to show that the plane is either leaning to the left or the right. But if I'd played a three and you played a three, then the plane is going to stay exactly where it was. Yes. Le- hopefully horizontal. Yeah. Um, and as you move through the game, you're going to be wanting to turn the plane left and turn the plane right. But you can't go too far or else you crash the plane. Yes. Right? So you, you have to make sure that you don't turn more than two times over to the right. If you yeah. turn basically, if enemy plays a three and I play a six and the plane was horizontal, we would crash the plane. Because it would go three spots to the right and we would... Vertical, I think. Like however... No, you'd spin in and die. Well, you'd spin, yeah. I'm just thinking like... I guess I'm looking at the plane as if it's already horizontal. 
Yeah. Because it's sideways. So then if we went like vertical, like 180 almost You'd degrees. You'd be basically 180 degrees. Then, and, yeah, you're going to crash. And it's not going to be good. <laughs> so that's that's kind of how those die work. Then there's the engines. And the engines work a little differently where there's there's these little markers on, on a, a track that go from 2 to 12. Um, it's kind of hard to describe how this part of that works, but you are trying to uh, increase the drag because through the game, the, the pilot is going to be having to put out the landing gear. Mm-hmm. The co-pilot is going to be having to put out the flaps and that's going to create drag. And the whole time you're trying to manage the amount of drag you have because the more drag you have, uh, the slower the plane is going to go and the more uh, speed you need, like more yeah. power in the engines you need to maintain the proper speed you have. So there's these little, every time you put out a, a uh, landing gear or a flap, depending, it's going to make it that you need to add more power to the plane to maintain your current speed. And it does that by adjusting these little uh, toggles on this certain track. And you're always trying to maintain, if you're wanting to maintain your speed, you're trying to make the two die that we play in the engines uh, equal to a number in between the two toggles, between the the blue toggle and the orange toggle, which represent the The landing gear and the flaps. flaps. So you're trying to make it that you use the die that equal a number that are found in between yeah, those two. Yeah, and, the, and it's the addition of them. Yes. So like the blue die but the, plus the orange die would add up to, you Save. know, hopefully somewhere in between those two, yeah. two little toggles. And if you do, if you're able to do that, your plane is just going to maintain normal speed and you're yeah. kind of keeping on track. If you were to fall behind that number, you're actually so going to, to the stand left of the still. Blue. Yeah. So when they when they when we go to move the uh, the journey card at the end of the round, you're actually not going to because you you're going too slow. But if you ever wanted to like make up some time and go faster and maybe skip through mm-hmm. uh, two parts of the journey at one time, you would have to put a combination of dice there that exceed that's, those yeah. those toggles. So that's kind of how that works. Then, like we said, there's on the on the left hand side, there's the landing gear, and it's simple. Anna Marie needs to play down a die that equals the number shown on one of the landing gear uh, dice spots and just flick the little switch. So if there there's one that has a one and a two, one that has a three and a four, one that has a five and a six. So if you ever want to on your turn and you had a six, you could throw it down on the five, six slot and flick the little switch over. And now you've put down that one landing gear, but now you've increased the drag. Yeah. And so anytime that I I do that, then I move the little toggle in our engine speed up. And so for the pilot, uh, they can put the landing gear down any of those three dice mm-hmm. um, in any order. Yes. But the co-pilot has to do their um, flaps in a very specific order. Yeah. So they Basically have to from top to bottom. From, yeah. So they, you know, the first one has to be either a one or two on their die face, yep. and then the next one has to be a two or a three. And so they can't. But they couldn't do the five and the six, five or six before the one and the two. Nope. So it's so you have to keep track of that. Yeah. You have to you have to do your best to throw down a flap here and there, just yeah. making sure that you're working at that through the game, so you don't get caught at the end. And um, not with without all your flaps without done. your flaps down, because if you don't, you're going to crash and it's not going to go well. Yeah. Um, then there's also we mentioned earlier the little planes that you're going to have to communicate with on the leg of the journey. There are some dice placement spots on either side. You have one, and I had. Two. Yeah, so the pilot has one, the co-pilot has two, and they're basically just representing you speaking with air traffic control, mm-hmm. trying to get, uh, saying like, hey, 
Uh, we're coming through here. We're on this path. We need you to clear out. And every time you place a die in one of those spots, uh, that equals the number. So if you picture the little uh, leg, let's say there card. are six legs of the journey yeah, on that card. And there's, say, a plane on the second, third, and fifth spots. You would need to put down a two, a three, or a five into one of those radio transmission spots. In order spots to clear off a plane. In order to clear a plane from that particular part of the leg. Yeah. Um, to make it kind of clean and clear for you to fly. And then at the bottom, there is the... Brakes. Brakes. So the brakes work a little bit differently. And the brakes come into play for the very end of the game. The more brakes you have applied, the better, um, because what you're trying to do at the end of the game is get your, on your, one you're landing at the airport, you need to have applied, well, some brakes, hopefully, yeah. hopefully all your brakes, yeah. because if you have, you're going to take the die that you would have combined for your engine score, and you're going to hopefully make that score, that combination of those dice, less than the break value. And so it's very opposite, and you have to pay attention, because yeah. throughout the game, your engine speed, like your the dice you're putting together, are uh, increasingly getting larger and larger as the toggles mm. are moving to the, to the, to the right. Yeah. So, um, when, but in reverse, then, when you're doing the breaks it's going to be a low number. Like yep. the most you could have is six. So you need to make sure that combination of dice yeah. we put in there is five or less. Cause if it's not, you'd you, have not, you're going way too fast and, and you're, you're going to crash, crash when you're yeah. on landing. And that one for the pilot, cause the pilot controls the brakes. So for that one, it works the same way as the flaps for the co-pilot where they have to be done in a very specific order. Yep. You can't um, do that in yeah. any order. Two, four and six. Yeah. But you don't have to do them all. You just have to make sure that you're, your engine number is less than whatever you've decided yeah. to do. As so you have as to brakes. do at least one. You have to get at least the two and then you'd hopefully each have yes. a one yeah. <laughs> on your die. But anyway, so that's that. And then there's one spot left at the bottom of the board and mm. that is for coffee because yep. you need to be able to stay awake. So if you, uh, multiple reasons, I mean, there could be other things you could do with your, with your dice, but if you have any that uh, you can spare, you want to put them there. So you give yourself, every time you put, a die in one of those spots there are three spots you can give yourself a cup of coffee and yep. the cup of coffee can be used that round or in future rounds by either the pilot or the co-pilot to adjust um the the your pips value. like the value on the die up or down yep however many cups of it's coffee it's your you mitigation have. on yeah if you need to switch something to a higher or lower number yep. you spend one of these cups of coffee and you're able to to do that so that's yeah. where that comes into play then there's also a few modules that you can add to this. And depending on the scenario you play, their modules kind of come in and out where there's a fuel gauge that you need to watch and you need to apply dye to that or mm -hmm. else your fuel gets spent too fast. There was uh, an intern on the plane. Yeah. You have to add this little intern track and you need to be teaching him things along the way. And that's all just going to be spending your dice in extra mm -hmm. areas. So it's just you have to control and manage your... Yeah. Uh, that's where the dice management comes in. You have to make sure you're paying attention to everything. Um, um, and that's, and so like, there are things like that, that can come into the game. Yeah. They um, come and go and yeah. depending on the scenario, you there's a booklet of all the different scenarios you go through and, um, they say, okay, you need this module for this one. And they give you, give you a little mm -hmm. story of where you're going and what you're doing. And yeah. And then you also, so how this works is during a round, you're going to, yeah, you roll your die once you've got everything set and you're going to take your four die and you're going to apply them to these different dice spots. If you've satisfied that round and haven't crashed the plane, uh, you're going to 
usually uh, advance down the leg of the journey and just push that card down one slot so that now you have a new spot to deal with. And lower your elevation. And lower your elevation. So you're going to be tucking those two cards back down behind the board over and farther over and over farther again and farther until, until you've landed at yeah. the airport. And that's how the rounds work. You roll your die, you do one die at a time and you can't talk while you're playing the die and that's it. And then hopefully by the time you've got to the end of the last round, you've satisfied the main things that allow you to land the plane, which would be, uh, not crashing into a plane in the sky, which mm-hmm. would be great. So mm-hmm. removing all those airplane tokens, having all your flaps, all your landing gear switches flipped to green, uh, your airplane axis is fully Level. horizontal, and your speed is less than your brakes combination. Yeah. And once you've done that, that's you've successfully landed wherever you were going. Mm-hmm. And that's it. There's a ton of different scenarios. Yeah. Um, a ton of different difficulty levels, depending on how you want to do this. Um, we've worked our way through the whole um, kind of beginning side of the game and into the kind of the middle side of the game. But then there's like a hard and really hard mm-hmm. section as well that we haven't quite dipped into. But I can imagine it's hard enough on its own. Yeah. Um, like in the easy stuff. So, yeah. So that's kind of how this game works. So let's talk about the theme. Did the theme lend well to this game? Absolutely. Ridiculously yeah, well. Su- super fun. And just... This might be one of the most thematic games yes. I've ever played. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It feels very, very thematic that you, yeah. you're, you're, you're flipping switches on this, yeah. on this board and you are uh, adjusting the, the plane's uh, axis, fl- turning left and turning right. And you're actually seeing it happen on the board. Yeah. And yeah, it's so good that way. Yeah. You're seeing the fuel level drain down and you're, you're physically flipping the little switches as you play the die and they're showing the little green light turn on mm-hmm. and just kind of what you would picture sitting in the cockpit of a, of a plane. This is, yeah. this is really cool that way. So thematically, oh, yeah. this is awesome. Agreed. Um, really, really thematic. Um, so let's talk about the artwork. I think it's great. Yep. Yeah. There's not there's I mean, not a ton of artwork because no. it's it's mostly the same thing as I guess artwork may, just makes me, leads me to iconography and I think it's very clean. Yep. I think you know there aren't many icons even, but no, it's very simple. It's very simple. Very uh, well laid out. Um, yeah, very easy yeah. to understand. The artwork on the box oh, is great. Very nice. The artwork yeah. in the manual showing you like the different airports that you're going to and mm-hmm. landing at is really nice. Yep. Um, but the board itself is more or less clean and clear and supposed to represent like the cockpit, the cockpit yeah. right? what you'd be looking at. So, so it's not very fancy. It's no. just is dials and, yeah. and stuff. But otherwise, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the components are really I think good. the components are fantastic. Yeah. The, this dual layer board is awesome. Mm-hmm. The other um, little, you know, things that come into the game also modules yeah yeah they'll have like dual layered things as well that you make and it just the dice sit nicely in them uh every all the little pieces sit nicely all the little switches you flip left and toggle nice on the turn on the green lights are awesome yeah Um, it's just very clean very crisp and they have the axis is on like a it's on a a round plastic like circle yeah that uh, sits on top so you can take it off and put it on Mm -hmm. and it's clear just with the, you put a little sticker on it that's got the 
the airplane, like a, a yeah. white silhouette kind of of the airplane with your north arrow. And it's um, it's cool. It's, it's just very, it, very good. it sits nicely on there. And yeah, yeah, yeah I think the components, the components are, really are awesome. Good. In this game. Yeah. And the little coffee cups and the airplanes and Yeah, the little white airplanes yeah. that you put on the on the uh on leg track are yeah. awesome. The dice are really nice. Um the yeah. little player screens are good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Production was really, really good. Um so the rule book. Very good. Yeah. This is very simple to understand what you need to do, but it's decision making is difficult. Yeah. But Understanding what you need to do is like, oh yeah, I could teach this to anybody easily. Oh yeah, um, and you'd pick it up one one round through. You'd be like, oh yeah, okay, I know, what totally I'm got it. Yeah, and um, yeah, the rule book though was spot on. Uh, made it really simple to understand what we needed to do. Uh, it was great. Iconography again was super good. Yeah. So it comes down to whether or not we recommend this game. And if so, who for? Obviously, we recommend yes. this game. This is a tremendous game. Yeah. And this is a good family game, too. Like, it's so kids good. can play this. It's a addicting um, game. You just yeah, want to keep you, flying the plane. Absolutely. You want to do the next. You want to go to the next yeah. airport and the next airport and the next airport. And it's and so much fun. It's it's fun finding out the different things you're going to be doing. Um you know, sometimes you have to turn in specific ways and sometimes then you have to... You have to level the roll, plane back out. Yeah, or... you have to roll a die to add more airplanes in your path and you just different things. Like it's, yep. it's like, oh, what's going to happen next? You're kind of anticipating it but dreading it almost at the same time. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, it's... But it's just fun because the nice thing too, so good. they're quick. It doesn't take a long time. It's Not, a pretty quick game. What is it, 20 minutes? Something like that. Per, yeah. Kind of per journey so even if you don't even if you crash <laughs> you can just it try it again right reset and, and away you go yeah super fun i loved this i thought this was so good if this was in if we'd got this played last year this would have been easily in my top 10 it's fantastic game. so right now like it's going to be right yeah. at the top of my 2024 currently um because this is so good yeah super super good yeah. Great job, Scorpio Masquet, Luke uh, Raymond. Um, yeah, great awesome design. Awesome game. Yeah. Highly recommend. If you love two-player, you love co-op, this is really good. Yeah. Otherwise, if you don't like uh, co-op and you don't like two-player, this game is not for you. Well, but the nice thing about this one, it's co-op, but you're not really... It, it is and it's not because it's co-op because you have to work together to land the plane. But your decisions are still not based on the other person. You know, like you yeah, have you to can only do what you can, you can do. only do what you can do. And mm. so it's not. So I don't know. I just I think that it's I think even if you're not a fan of co-op games, I think this is still a fun. I think you should try it. Game. Yeah. Uh, because sure. it I've never seen a game really do what this game yeah. does. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Two big thumbs up for Sky Team. I'm putting my thumbs up, but you can't yeah. see it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have another game we want to review. So we're going to head on over and review that right now. Alrighty then, here we are at our final segment of the episode where we are doing another Meeple Dungeon review. And what are we reviewing now, Anna Marie? <laughs> we are reviewing Beer and Bread, designed by Scott Alms 
art by Michael Manzel and published by Deep Print Games and Capstone Games. Yeah, Beer and Bread. This is another two-player game. This yeah. one is not co-op. This one is head-to-head. Yes. And your battle of the breweries and yeah. uh, bakeries. That's right. Yeah. So um, you, uh, you basically... I'll just read it. It'll be easier. Uh, Founded on the fruitful lands of an erstwhile monastery, two villages have held up the dual tradition of brewing beer and baking bread. While sharing fields and resources, they still find pride in their friendly rivalry of besting each other's produce. Right. Each of you represents one of these villages. Over the course of six years, which alternate between fruitful and dry, you must harmonize your duties of harvesting and storing resources producing beer and bread, selling them for coins, and upgrading your facilities. However, in order to win, you must maintain the balance between your baked and liquid goods, because after the sixth year, you only score the coins collected from the type of good, beer or bread, for which you earned less. The village with the higher score wins. Right. So how does beer and bread work? There is a main board to this game and it's kind of split in half. So it's with, a, by a river. Yeah, with a river. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the top of the board, there are some slots for some cards that are going to show up here and there through the game. Then there's kind of your round track telling you whether it is a fruitful year fruitful or a dry or year. Dry year. Then below that, there are the four resource fields. There is, what are these? Wheat. Wheat. Barley. Barley. Rye and, and hops. Hops, okay. And then there's a river, like we said, that kind of splits these two towns in half. Um, and on each one of those, there is a spot for breweries and a spot, or for a brewery spot and a bakery spot yes. where you're going to be playing and uh, fulfilling beer cards and bread cards. Yeah. And then also underneath the the board on either side is slots for you to place kind of upgrades, upgrades. for your little town. Um, you're going to have five cards to start the game. Um, yes, the first, the for the very first one, you get five. Yep, yeah. five cards. So you're going to have five cards Turn in your hand, and these cards are multi-use, multi-choice yeah. cards to where you can decide how you want to use them. On the top of the card, it's going to show you some resources that you can get if you just play the card onto mm-hmm. the board. There's going to be a recipe in the middle for whatever that particular bread is going to or be. Or beer. Or beer. Um, and it's going to show you the different resources you need to uh, make it. that yeah. recipe. Uh, it's going to have a value to that recipe, whether I think it's basically like one to nine or something are the different yeah. values. And then at the bottom, if you so choose, it has a an upgrade that if you were to play it as an upgrade card and slide it under your uh, side of the board in one of what the five six slots. different upgrade slots depending on where you yep. put them for different reasons uh you could use the card that way so on your turn um in a fruitful year you're yep. going to play a card and you're going to play that card for one of the reasons that we just said generally speaking up front you're going to be playing it for the resources yeah that are at the top and it's usually got two or three resources it's going to show water or one of the four resources that we I just talked about, or any combination of those. And as you play it down, you are going to gain those resources. And you have to put them in your little resource, uh, like hut, like where you you store them. But you only have slots for nine resources. So you Mm -hmm. have to manage 
which ones you'd get. Yeah. And each resource is limited and it depends on the type of years. In a fruitful year, there's more yes. resources to work with. And that's that's shown on the board. So for instance, with the wheat, in a fruitful year, there would be seven wheat um, available. available. And then in a dry year, there would only be five yes. available for this particular round. So when you play your card down, you're going to gather your resources from those fields if they are available. And you're going to put them onto your little uh, hut um, and in one of the nine storage spaces that are available at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And yes. And let's say um, on your next turn, if you were going to harvest again or, you know, gain your resources that way, you would play it on top of the previous card you would car- harvest card you had played yep. and you get to take all of the resources. Mm-hmm. So the resources from the previous harvest card and from the current one. Yeah. Keeping in mind that the resources are limited and space is also limited. So if you take too many resources, you then get you have to, to give them and share yeah. them to your, to your opponent. Yeah. You get to choose which ones you want to keep in your spot yes. and say there was a couple uh, pieces left over that you weren't able to fit into your barn. You could give them away to the other player yeah. if they had room. And that's how that works. So you're going to play a card and in a fruitful year, once both of us have played a card, whether mm-hmm. it was gathering resources or fulfilling a type of beer or bread or tucking in a upgrade, we're going to change hands. Yes. So we're going to swap hands and then we're going to play a card again. Yes. And again and again. You're going to keep doing this type of system. Um, and as you play, if you want to play a, a card for its recipe, say this loaf of bread here, uh, you would place that card down into your bakery spot. Mm-hmm. And you would then spend the resources that it calls for, a water, a wheat, and three uh, whatevers. Yeah. And uh, then you're Putting going... them back uh, in like the general supply, not in yeah, not the fields. Yeah, not in the fields because they're not... They're not available that round no, anymore. they're kind of deleted. Yes. They're spent, they, They're right? used. You've they're used them to make something. So yeah. And then sense. that card is going to get flipped over. Uh, so it'll be face down in the uh, bakery spot now. Mm-hmm. And you only have room for one bread to be baked at a time yes until you start selling it out to the uh to the village right and in order to sell those cards to move them along to get them out, out of, of that the bakery, space out you of have the to play a card for upgrade, its upgrade. Mm-hmm. so once you tuck a card under the board using its upgrade uh part then any beer or bread that you had made and they're sitting there face down waiting to be sold will be sold and they're going to sit in a little pile down on your um, your village. Yes. And those cards are going to be collected as you go through the game. Uh, hopefully a decent, uh, amount of them and a decent, uh, decently equal amount of each. Yes. Cause you, the scoring at the end of this game is quite, uh, you're, interesting. You're only scoring for your lowest one. So yeah. if you're, so you want them both to be high, you want to have beer and bread kind of equally. Cause mm-hmm. if you, if you just brewed a bunch of beer and only made one loaf of bread, you're only scoring your bread. Yeah. Only so, your, your uh, one bread. Yeah. So in the first round, it is a fruitful year and you're going to be trading the decks back and forth until you've played out uh, all the, the cards. Yes. And then you move on to the next round, yes. which is going to be a dry year. So at the end of the fruitful year, um, one of the things you're going to do is if you played out any harvest cards, so like harvesting for the resources, those cards you're going to pick up and put back in your hand. So if you had yep. if you had played three harvest cards over the round, you're gonna those three cards are gonna be the first three like three of your cards, and then you're gonna just pick up two more to put your hand size up to five. 
Right. If you didn't have any uh, harvest cards or you only had one, you would pick up that one and then you would get four cards to make up your five. Yep. That only happens in fruitful years. We'll get yes. to dry later. So in a once you go into a dry year, mm-hmm. you are going to start with another five cards in your hand. There's going to be three cards added to a little market at the top of the board yes. that are now able to be traded for yes. on your turn. So it's But it's going to follow all the same kind of rules where you're playing a card for one of the three reasons, resources, uh, fulfilling uh, a recipe or an upgrade. But then you're going to hold on to your hand. Yeah, you don't flip them back year. and forth. You don't trade the cards mm-hmm. in the, your you, hands. Yeah, so you can kind of plan out your hand as best mm-hmm. as you'd like. But then keeping in mind now there are three cards sitting at the top of the board that you're able to trade for. So if there was one there, I was like, ooh, I have all the resources to make that particular beer. And it's worth a good amount of points or whatever my reasoning is. Mm-hmm. I could trade out a card for my hand and take that one. And, and immediately that, play it. And immediately play that card. And then the card you traded for is now in one of the spots. So, yeah. the, uh, not, so the other player can... Can you yeah. grab that one if it helps, if it benefits them? And you're going to go through the whole process, playing cards, gaining resources, fulfilling uh, different recipes, mm-hmm. and then selling those cards to, to, the village. The, to the village by using your upgrades. And the upgrades are all sorts of things. Oh, like yeah. Getting they have storage. Um, yeah, they have different, they have like end game upgrades. They have um, brewing beer and baking bread upgrades. They have cleaning ones. They have collecting re- ones that help you collect resources, mm-hmm. give you additional storage units. Yep. Um, There's end game scoring. Different types of the year. So like things that might help you in dry or fruitful years. Yep. So there are all, all sorts, sorts of different of upgrades. Yeah. So once you go through this alternating between dry years and fruitful years mm-hmm. for six rounds. We'll say though, at the end of a dry year, instead of picking up all your harvest cards, um, you'll take all the harvest cards that you played and they'll, they get discarded right? as well as the, the three, the market, cards. the market cards, those get out. They yep. don't exist in a fruitful year. Yep. So you discard all of your, um, all of your harvest cards, all of the market cards, and then you just get a fresh, fresh new hand of five, five cards. Yep. And once you've done this, alternating back and forth for six rounds, you're going to go into the final scoring. And what you're going to do is look at your, uh, beer and bread that you've made that have sitting in a little pile in your in your village all the stuff that you've sold yes and you are going to count up what those cards are worth they had a they, each one of them had a coin value to it mm-hmm. a six a five a nine or whatever and you're going to count those all up for say beer and and when you're playing the game like we said you flip them over so they've just got the logo on the back their blue cards are for beer and the brown yeah, you, cards are you for can't bread be counting through the so game so you can't no. pay it so you can't look at your cards once you flip them over and made no. them, but you can see how many beer and how many bread yes, cards you but have. but not what they're worth. So you have to try to remember you can't that. math it out. No. It's just, you got to try and remember best you yeah. can. So then you're going to take your, say good all luck. your beer cards. Yeah, good luck. You're going to take all your beer cards. You're going to count up what they're worth coin value. Yeah. You're going to write that down. You're gonna we have it on a nice thing. little, they have a scoring pad yeah, they in have there. a little scoring pad. With which it, is nice. Which is nicely broken down, showing you exactly where you yeah. need to write and and so forth. You're going to do that for both your bread cards and your beer cards. Whichever one of those is a lower amount of points. Say I have also though, before you get there, you also have your, um, any upgrades you had in the, uh, in the end game upgrade slot would have a bunch of coins on them. Mm -hmm. Those can do all sorts of things. Those can give you like, Oh, for every two beer that you baked or every two beer, (laughs) every two bread that you baked gain, uh, gain one coin for for your bread. All sorts of things. Or, Or, you know, like if you had more resource, more so 
whatever certain amount of resources more than your the other player at the end of the game you can add plus two to either your beer or your bread score so they have ways to you know increase your scores mitigate maybe if you didn't have as many Mm -hmm. beer as bread or whatever um but then you just add them in the little bonus spot and then and then you add up the total Right. And say, say you come to, at the end of this, you've counted up your cards, you've counted up all your end game scoring, mm-hmm. and you had, say, 35 bread and 31 beer. The bread score is Out the void, window. Yeah. And now you're only going to score your beer, beer for 31 points. And let's say that was my score, and Anna Marie had 49 for bread, but 29 for beer... Her bread is out the window. We're only competing our two beer scores and my beer beat you by two points. Yes. I would win the game. So it doesn't matter how high my, my bread was no. at all. No. And it's, um yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's a great one. <laughs> it's super interesting how that works, how you you have to pay attention yeah, to both. it's a different type of scoring. You don't see that very often. I have seen it before. Yes. I'm trying to remember where I've seen this. I can't this, remember the game. But it's not, it's not, it's pretty rare that they yeah. use this. Um. So that is how this game works. I think that's fairly straightforward. Yeah. Um, So let's revisit the theme. Does it lend well to beer and bread? I think so. I think it's fun. It's a fun little theme. I think you could put a whole bunch of different themes on this if you'd like, but I particularly like beer and bread. Yeah, it works well having, you know, dry years and fruitful years and Mm. less resources, more resources. Like that makes sense. But this could have been... No, no, it could anything. have, for it, sure. It could have been modern day. Yeah. It could have been... Space, you could have, I'm sure you could Anything you'd like. like to be producing two different types yeah. of things. I Yeah, but this works really well. I like yeah. it. I like the old timey look and uh, making, what was it, a monastery is what it said yeah. it was, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and it and it has that look to it. I like and it's it. friendly too. I like yeah, that it's very theme sunny where and, you're and nice. competing, but you're competing in a friendly competition. So yeah. at the end of the day. Because you're even sharing. Uh, resources. Not, yeah, I'm, yeah. If I have resources to waste, I'm just giving them to you. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're feeding your village. So it's yeah, all. And they, and they do <laughs> share the crops. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, the theme's great. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It, but it could have, it could been, have been anything. anything yeah, but this agreed. theme works really well. Yeah. Um, artwork? I like really it. Really great. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. The The board is really nice to look at. It's very sunny and, and kind of cheerful um, and just really well Yeah, uh, very pastoral. Out. Just yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. And it's very simple. Michael Menzel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very simple to see where things are supposed to go. Yes. Like on the top of your barn, it's... They used a the little thatched clever roof thing with the thatched like... roof with the with the logs in place, kind of dividing up where you can put your yeah your resources. Everything is very well laid out, very bright, easy it's your to storage. See. Yeah, yeah, it's very. I cool. like it a lot. So artwork was great. The components are are fine. And I guess we could say with the artwork too, there are cards, right? And all the artwork on the cards was nice. They have um, the iconography looks ex- it's exactly what the resources look like. Oh yeah, iconography is so spot on. Water on drop. Uh, the water drop resource mm-hmm. looks just like the water drop on the card. They're identical. The barley yeah. resource looks just like the barley on the card for what you're getting. They have the different. The cards three different... even represent like the time, like uh, whether it's like on the artwork. It'll yeah. show like a dry year and it'll show yeah. a, a fruitful year. And just the, the artwork is really clever. Yeah, you've got the, you know, the um, for the bread, you've got kind of a sunset. So it's a little like orangey brown mm-hmm. and the sky and then for the beer it's a blue sky so you've got you know that's yeah. going to be your beer card um there are three different types of bread that they show three different kinds of beer and it's just very clean <coughs> iconography it's Sorry. they're really nice i like the artwork on the cards because it's very simple and very straightforward 
I agree. I liked uh, the artwork a lot. I like yeah. the components too. The components, the, yeah. the board is nice. Nice wooden the, um, resources. Yeah, the wooden resources are great. They look like exactly what they should look like. They're big, yep. fat, chunky yep. water droplets and green hops and yellow wheat and so forth. Yep. The scoring pad is nice. I like that yep, they have that. Great. Cards are nice. Good card stock. Yep. Good everything. Yep. Nothing mind blowing, but no, just good quality. Just good quality. Just good solid. Yep. Um, and it's in a small box. Yeah. It's a fairly big game in a small yeah. box. Um, this is kind of leaning towards the, like a, like I would almost compare this almost similarly to the Devere games where mm-hmm. this is kind of like a, a lot of game in this little box. Yeah. And, um, and lots of good components and well-made. So yeah, yeah it's kind of leaning towards that. And we come to expect that from Capstone. Yeah, I love Capstone. So, yeah. The fun, um, the fun with this one is that there aren't a lot of moving parts in this game. It's very simplistic mm-hmm. in what you're doing. It's just trying to rem- like the fun part about it or one of the fun parts is when you're in the the fruitful years when you're passing the hands back and forth you're trying to it's it's hard to plan because you're trying to plan for okay i'll use i'll get i'll harvest these goods mm-hmm. and then i'll harvest those next time but then you're passing the hand and when it comes back you've already seen now five new cards or four new cards mm-hmm. or however many are left and you kind of forget what you were thinking of with the previous hand yep and then you're like oh I don't, you don't even know what you're doing anymore so you yeah, kind of just kind of on the fly the flow, yeah. and uh so it's fun it adds that element of like well, i don't remember let's just see what's the best choice for me at this moment in time yep you just yeah, and kind of exactly. go with it yeah depending on the season it's like you're kind of at the mercy of what comes your way it's funny like the planning. the fruitful years you have more resources available but you don't, you can never really plan Planning properly. Planning is kind of out the window, yeah. But in the dry years, you keep your hands, so you can kind of plan your, yeah. your, your turns out better. I like that it alternates like yeah, that. It's kind it's of a thing. The, I guess we can go to the rule book. That uh, rule book was great. Rule book was fantastic. Yep. Um, it was very simple. It laid it out really nicely for... No, what's really funny, actually, about this, I just, I just remembered our <laughs> oldest son taught me this yeah. game. He had been playing it with you. Yeah. And he, he'd been... <laughs> been just wanting to teach me so badly i was trying to play with with rob and um our oldest son was like no mom please i want to teach dad this game yeah, please don't teach him yeah. i want to teach him yeah. this game so yeah he taught he taught you he how did. to play he taught me. Yeah, it totally was great understood. yeah yeah and this this falls in line with um the other capstone games i was thinking of was uh it's in the same box size and it's also two player of Curious Cargo mm. and Watergate. So yeah. it's in that kind of line of games. Um, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great one. Do we recommend this game? If yes. so, who for? I <laughs> definitely recommend this game for anybody that likes two-player games. I do. They say 10 plus on the board. I would say that's about I'd right. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. It's it's like Stone Age sort of... Um, Ask Stone Age-esque. Even the yeah. art is, yeah, it's yeah. similar. Stone Age-esque for sure. Um, but I'd say more interesting than Stone Age. Um, We're just doing different things, right? There's no yeah. dice. There's no, like, it's all card play. I like, card I like the different mechanics that are going here. I like the switching of the decks. I like the, yeah. uh, the, the different seasons of good Absolutely. and bad. And, and the different things that are going on here. Yeah. I, yeah. So if you like uh, two-player games, this one is and it's, really fun. And it's pretty quick, too. If they say 30 to 45, I would agree with that. I'd say that's bang on. That's We've that's, definitely played this in... Yeah, that time frame. Under 45, for yeah. sure. Um, so I'd say 35 probably is yeah. pretty close. So I think, yeah, <clears throat> I, I think that's, that tracks, that's very good. And yep. it's, it's fun. This one was really good. Again, this one, 
um, would be in contention for me for my top 10 of 2023 had we played it in 2023. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it is a good one. And we liked it a lot. Yeah. And Another our oldest really up. liked it too. He Yeah. Our oldest, game. he's uh, uh, 11. Yes. Yeah. He's <laughs> 11. And he like, he, he knew this inside and out. Yeah. To the point where he could teach it. So yeah. Um, yeah. 10 is, seems to be pretty. I uh, think 10 would be good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. So um, that's two great games we, we yeah. got to review. Um, Sky Team and Beer and Bread, both yeah. great. Two great two-player games. Yeah. One co-op and one uh, not so much. Yeah, at all. So <laughs> yeah, um, we are going to call that an episode. Uh, you can find us on the X app at Meeple Dungeon, YouTube, the Meeple Dungeon. Our email is themeepledungeon at gmail.com. Um, and we are... Going to keep plowing through these. We're, we got a lot more to come here, so you should see another episode in the next week yep. uh, with something else. Uh, we played a bunch of things. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll, there'll be we'll something. It might be one, <laughs> maybe two games in the next one yeah. again. So we'll see. Um, yeah, so we're going to run, and we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.